Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. What's up, Tar Heel fans? This is Taylor Vipolis, and you're either listening or watching my podcast that is a part of the Inside Carolina Podcast Network. Quick note before we get started today, if you aren't already, be sure to subscribe if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or watching on YouTube so you never miss out on any content that IC puts out. And if you could do us a favor, go ahead and leave a review. It's something that takes hardly any time, but as a staff, we at Inside Carolina would appreciate it. With that out of the way, we've got a Tar Heel joining me on the podcast today from ESPN. It's Charlie Hume, class of 2011, who's a part of the Levitard and Friends Network. Charlie, how are you doing today? You got a beautiful background for anybody that's watching on YouTube of Western North Carolina. So how's it going over there? Uh, this place is amazing. Uh, I, I'm, I guess, temporarily, like hopefully permanently out in Western North Carolina. My family has a, has a place over in Cashers. But the good people at Western Carolina University have allowed me to use this gem of a facility that has faster internet than I've seen any facility <laughs> anywhere. So I, I just, I got a shout out, Chad, Rory, and uh, Noah for, for, you know, setting me up here. This place is amazing. So come visit, come visit Western North Carolina. Come out to, to Kulaway. You, you, you'll love it out here. <laughs> You've got a podcast on the network where you cover the challenge, the number one challenge podcast on ESPN. It's the challenge for anybody who doesn't know is an MTV show. So to start the podcast, I've got a two-part question for you. One, how would you explain to Tar Heel fans what the challenge is for the people who have never seen the show? And two, what former or current Tar Heel would you like to see on the challenge? Because I know you're a big challenge guy. Absolutely. So it's kind of funny how this podcast started. Really, it was born out of quarantine where we didn't have any live sports just to start it out. And we were all kind of looking, anyone who's in production and media is looking to kind of do something creative or different during this time to kind of you know, make use of it. And so uh, it's myself, uh, Billy Gill, who I'm sure a lot of people know from the Levitard Show, uh, Charlie Kravitz, who produces Highly Questionable, and Elizabeth Thierman, who does a lot of marketing stuff for ESPN said, hey, like, let's do uh, a podcast focusing on this show, which is basically, uh, Charlie Kravitz calls it the fifth major sport in America. Uh, it is, it's, it's like, it's all, it's got lots of athletic elements of it, but there's, you know, it's a reality show. So you have, you know, all the drama, they're all living in the same house all the time. So we looked at this and we said, uh, let's cover this like a sport. And at first it was kind of, you know, 
a bit of a silly show, but then we got about five episodes in, we started getting some really, not only great guests, but guests that had amazing athletic backgrounds. And so digging into that's been a lot of fun for us. And, you know, we're just, we're just kind of enjoying covering something now. I know live sports are coming back, but it's, it's been, you know, hopefully it extends even past that. Um, and, and so, yeah, so this show, there are, there are a lot of the, the physical elements, they're conducive to, um, you know, obviously anyone has, who has an athletics background, but if you are big and physical, especially for on, on the male side of things, you will do well in this, in this, in this show, in this format. Uh, so w- when we initially talked about this, first person that came to mind was a guy who played defensive end when I was in school at Carolina, Robert Quinn, because that dude would demolish. There, there's a guy on the show who played tight end at uh, UT Chattanooga, who's like 6'5", 240. And every guest that comes on our show is like, this guy's a monster. Like you do not want to see him in any physical elimination. Like, Robert Quinn would destroy this guy because I mean anyone who who watched him play knows like what a unique type of athlete he was not only like I, I had the chance to meet him a couple times in person and I was just so struck by what a what a massive human being he was but also how lean he was and so like he's just speed power everything there one, one of the things they do on the challenge is something called a hall brawl which is basically like an Oklahoma drill where they put up these these fiberglass hallways and there are bells at either end of, of this little hallway and you basically you got to run through your opponent to get to the bell ring it first to win Robert Quinn would have a field day doing that in the challenge so <laughs> I, I nominate him that that's who I would send in I could just imagine uh from the days I used to watch the challenge uh the clip of uh, CT where he's carrying bananas like a backpack like Robert Quinn just dragging somebody along but my answer for whenever I think of stuff like this it's always uh, former Tar Heel linebacker Shaquille Rashad I just think he's a guy who was born for a reality TV show like when you think of the athleticism obviously that comes with the challenge but also the you have to have a certain charisma like a guy like bananas where, you know, he's not afraid to ruffle some feathers. He knows when the cameras are on, when to ramp it up. So that's where my mind initially went with a guy like uh, Shaquille Rashad. What do you think about that, that choice? That's a good call. I, I think that that's the, probably the part of it that I omitted. I'm just I – mean, I, and it's, it's the lens through which our show kind of looks at the challenge where it's like, who are the biggest and best, best athletes? Uh, so we're not really factoring in as much the, you know, the psychological aspect of the game, the puzzle, stuff like that. Not saying Rob Quinn wouldn't be good at that, but that is, that's a good call for that reason. Uh, yeah, the, the CT backpack uh, with bananas, you know, Rob would have been amazing that. There's also a, a great clip that you can find where they, they did a teammate game where there was, it was like basically you were taking balls from one end across the middle of like a cross and, and you're wearing a football helmet. And so one team's going, like there's just basically an intersection. And CT's got like a famous line there where he just blows up one of the guys and he goes like, choo-choo. And so as soon as, soon as you mentioned this, I just like, man, Rob, Rob Quinn going across the middle there <laughs> would have a field day. It would be amazing. Now I, need, now I want it to happen. <laughs> <laughs> now you are all over the Lebitard Network on shows, whether it's the Mystery Crate with uh, the Number One Challenge podcast, the Local Hour, you coming on talking about Animal Crossing and <laughs> – even um, my favorite, Stupidity with Stu Gotts, where you interviewed Rory McIlroy and then Tom Brady right before he was getting ready for the match last month. So can you just kind of explain to people how you pulled that off, getting a guy like Rory and Tom Brady? Because I think that'll also go into your background and how you became a Tar Heel. Yeah, there's, there's no real sugarcoating this. This is all it, thanks to my, to my grandfather, uh, who was – 
I hope I don't have the year wrong. I think it was a 1956 graduate uh, of Carolina. Uh, was in the business school there. His name's Sam Reeves. And uh, just an amazing human being. I've just been so lucky to, to be around my entire life and just soak up the, the, the things that seem to just emanate from him. Uh, and he has made a lot of amazing relationships through golf. And, uh, you know, Tom and Rory are, are two of them. And so I actually, I had the idea with, with golf coming back first. And I was thinking we're doing these other sort of shows, like we should do something centered around golf. And so knowing that my, my granddad had golf contacts, I, the first thing I pitched him was, Hey, what do you think? Do you think we can get Dustin Johnson on for this thing? And he goes, ah, you know, I don't have a great relationship. Not that I don't have a great relationship with it, but I haven't talked to Dustin in a while, but like, how would uh, Tom Brady and Rory McIlroy work? And I was like, yeah, we could, we could probably build a show around that. We could probably do something with that. So I talked to Stu and um the the interview with Tom was first which was hilarious because literally it was my granddad and Tom coming off the golf course and holding a camera and he gave us like eight minutes it was hilarious and uh roasted Chris Cody for his uh for his background in his house and uh and then Rory was great he was he sat with us for like maybe 25 minutes the next day through his own sort of zoom call um but yeah you know I I thought you know it, it was I really appreciate getting set up with those guys but also it was fun to kind of talk to them about what was what relatable things that come out of quarantine like we t- first thing we talked to Rory about was having a, a birthday in quarantine and he had like a, a, a multiple milk bar cakes sent to him and I, I, I love those portions of the shows where it's like we're all doing this relatable thing of being on zoom and trying to figure out tech problems and talking about you know celebrating birthdays in quarantine so those <laughs> shows were fun for that reason yeah I love the everything that comes out on the Levitar network because of how relatable uh, the, either the content is or how relatable you guys all make the guests feel. And for fans of the Levitard show, they might know you better by the nickname Old Money Charlie because of your grandfather. And Stu Gotts tells the story that you went to the Final Four to watch UNC play. You hopped on a PJ, a private jet, to see the Masters Sunday. And then you were back on the PJ to see UNC in the national championship for kind of like this ultimate sports weekend. And there's the old adage, believe half of what you see and none of what you hear. And for fans of the show, they know that's especially true when it comes to Stu Gotts. So what is the validity to his claim right there? Yeah, if, if, it's, if it's believe half as, as a rule of thumb, it's, it's maybe like believe 2% with Stu Gotts, right? <laughs> uh, he, you know, he's exaggerated the story greatly. And, and I don't even... I think if I had to, if I had to think back, because it, it, so I think the, the real timeline was we did uh, a Final Four Carolina game, and this was the year they lost to Villanova. And mm. I'm even forgetting now who they played in the Final Four, but it was like it was they won that game, and then we went to see a Warriors game against the Blazers on Sunday night, and we we went back to see the national championship against Villanova on Monday, and then the Masters was that weekend, the following week and Thursday through Sunday. And I think I did Thursday, Friday. Um, I, I think there was maybe, I don't even, there's maybe a PJ involved in like one part of this trip. There was a lot of commercial, like if it's on my budget, we're flying like cheapest seat I can get, right? Like not, not checking bags, that type of stuff. Um, but yeah, and, and he had, you know, he's like, he was courtside at the Final Four. He's like, no, we were in regular seats. That we, we, I will admit we were courtside at, uh, at the Warriors Blazers game and Steph Curry is another golf buddy of my granddad's. And that was yet another insane moment where like Steph's in the zone, warming up, going through all the sort of routines and spots my granddad and like comes over, seeks him out, like daps him before the game. And I'm just like, who is this guy? I I, I just, I learned a new thing about my granddad every day. So that was, 
that was a pretty, that was a pretty amazing week for sure. That's awesome to hear. Now that the audience has gotten to know you a bit better, let's move on to the main topic we're covering today. It's a fun hypothetical that I put out on Twitter a while ago. It's if you could trade any school in the ACC for a school in another conference, what move would you wait? What move would you make? You don't have to worry about fairness. It's like when you used to play those old sports games and you would turn on four trades to just kind of load up your team. So, um, when these are all factors that you have to consider academic prestige, athletic success, the fan bases, the home atmospheres, um, how fun a road trip would be there. So these are all things you got to keep in the back of your mind. So sounds easy enough, right? Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's, let's dig into it. All right. So first we're going to go through some of the ones people submitted on Twitter and give our thoughts on them. And if we go over one of the schools that we would have chose to send in or send out, you can mention it there, but, the most popular one by far was trading in Maryland. And Stephen Lord said Boston College for Maryland. Jonah Lasaya said Pittsburgh for Maryland. And Mike Fortuna said Louisville for Maryland. So what do you think about the overall concept of bringing Maryland back to the ACC? Uh, before I get in that, I, I think uh, Mike Fortuna is a Levitard Show fan. I recognize that name yeah, somewhere. So sure. shout, out to, shout out to you. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I would say um, – so I agree with, I think, the Stephen Lord, who said he's trading out Boston College. I think that's, that's probably the layup for everybody. You know, if you're a Boston College fan, I'm really sorry. I think it's interesting because I, I think the idea with Boston College is corner of the Northeastern market, right? You know, in the same way that, you know, theoretically Syracuse does that same sort of thing. And I think the miss there maybe is, and it's by no fault of Boston College's, but it seems like the Northeastern college environment is, is pretty fragmented. And there, there are all these different schools. Maybe you have people from certain families who went to a school forever, so they choose that way. And, and also, I think that the athletics of those schools aren't necessarily elite. And so maybe the fan allegiances go more towards the four pro sports franchises that obviously have a rapid fan base. So I think you definitely swap out Boston College. And then I'd say for Maryland, I mean, the two layups obviously are bring Maryland back and make Notre Dame a full member with football, right? Uh, I don't hate it. I think Maryland gives you a mid-Atlantic presence. Um, you know, I don't know if you want me to get into like my pick right now, but I would say, yeah, I have no objection to that. But I was thinking a little bit, I got a little more creative with, with, with my, with my uh, school that I'm bringing in. All right. Let me just cover the Maryland aspect. And I might touch on the Boston College aspect too. But at my first thought with Maryland was, it was just a lot of nostalgia where people are like, we just want the old ACC back. But the more I started thinking of it, uh, Maryland has been one of the most fun teams to watch in college basketball the past couple of years with a guy like Anthony Cohen, uh, Jalen Smith. I think uh, Coach Turgeron is just a guy who is always going to keep uh, Maryland as a competitive team. But then you start thinking about them being uh, the football aspect of it, and you're basically getting a, a bottom-tier Power 5 school when it comes to Maryland. They have had one winning season since uh, joining the Big Ten. So it's a tough ask to bring them back into the ACC. Um, they just don't really seem like they have much direction when it comes to uh, football. But they do offer a lot when it comes to basketball, and it would be exciting to get them back. You get the SVP factor in and bringing a big name like him. And then just quickly going back to Boston College, somebody else mentioned it earlier before. I have it written down here. But he was like, I'll help Boston College pack their bags for them because – they offer next to nothing 
when it comes to football or basketball. For football, it's been like 15 years since they were that perennial uh, top 25 team. And the best uh, Boston College moment I can think of the past 10 years is the clip of Steve Adazio and the bleachers where he's like, what's better than this? Guys being dudes. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. <laughs> so it's like then you factor in it's it's not really like Boston is a fun city to go to, but it's not a fun atmosphere for fans and you know their home court advantage and for people who are um, watching uh, who are listening, I'm doing the air quotes when I say home court advantage because their home court advantage is basically they're lulling you to sleep. So I could see um, a scenario where you trade Boston College for a Maryland. Yeah, I I have no objection with with the. Uh... I'm glad someone put it, uh, used the stronger words than I would have. But yes, if you, if you need help <laughs> packing Boston College's bags, I'd be happy to find some time in my schedule. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and Maryland is also, um, when you're looking, I was also looking at the best national universities from U.S. News, and Maryland is the 64th best university, so you are getting a little bit of uh, academic there. What did you think about sending um, Louisville out? Because let me just let me just read you the best national universities from the ACC and where they rank, and then I'll mention Louisville. So you have Florida State, 57th, Virginia, 28th, Duke, 10th, Georgia Tech, 29th, NC State, 84th, Syracuse, 57th, Notre Dame, you get the asterisk because they're not technically in for football, but it's 15th, Clemson, 70th, Miami, 57th. Boston College, 37th, Virginia Tech, 74th, Wake Forest, 27th, Pitt, 57th, North Carolina, 29th, Louisville, 192nd. <laughs> I mean, no disrespect to the compilers of, of this, this guidebook of college. Like, I, 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 I'm certain I bought your book and thumbed through it as I was <laughs> hoping to make a college decision. So, you know, you have my money at some point along the line. But, you know, I think at least for me, and maybe I'm taking this, you know, too much from a sports perspective, but Louisville gives you, you know, very solid to good basketball, right? I mean, they have, you know, whether or not that the the program legacy is tainted by Patino or whatever else, like it's a pretty solid program and kids, you know, are still inclined to go there. Um, and I think from a football angle too, I mean, it's not, you know, maybe not like a traditional powerhouse. We just saw Lamar Jackson there. And I think it's one of those, it's one of those schools where, um, you know, I get, you know, Kentucky maybe is the more um, kind of, I mean, literally the, the blue blood program in that state. But, but I think that that's a nice place to have a foothold. And I think that, okay, maybe the academics aren't great, but there, there's excitement there. There's excitement there from an athletics perspective. And I'm, I'm willing to let them, you know, work on the academics if that's what we need to happen. Like, I, I will say it this way. Like, I'd much rather to send 37th ranked Boston College on their way than 192nd ranked Louisville. <laughs> Yeah, I think Louisville, like you mentioned, Louisville's what they bring on the athletic fields is enough to uh, offset their academic ranking. You have guys like Peyton Siva, uh, Russ Smith, Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Wara, and Chris Mack has done a fairly good job, uh, except for that one that one game against Duke where they choked like a uh, like a twenty point lead or whatever, where Zion was just hawking them down. And then football, like you mentioned, I think Scott Satterfield is the right guy for a program like that, where if UNC doesn't hire Mac Brown, I think Scott Satterfield would have been a nice, a nice choice uh, because he does have them trending. So I'm with you there. 
Uh, moving to the next trade, somebody suggested it's Andre Smith, former Tar Heel linebacker. I don't know where he's coming from this one, but he's sending out Pittsburgh and he's bringing in UCF. Oh, he's a Florida okay. guy. Yeah, I get it. Like, there's a little bit of the UCF recency bias, which, hey, look, you know, I, I, I'm I'm here to accept creative suggestions. Like, let's think outside the box here. Um, I think that, hey, I'll say, like, that's interesting from the perspective of you have Florida State, you have Miami, maybe UCF doesn't have isn't a historical power, but the program is trendy at least now for kids who are in high school and the recruits, and so maybe you give them some regional rivals, especially you know in the central part of the state and maybe, you know, they, it becomes, you know, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, I, I, I could see, I could see that angle. I could see that angle. Yeah. I kind of like the thought of UCF now going back to their academic ranking, it's 166. But again, if you're good on the field, I'm willing to look past that to a certain extent. Um, They kind of have that like little brother feeling right now where they're just looking for that chance to prove themselves against the big competition. So that's a game I'm really looking forward to yes. when North Carolina goes down to Orlando. And I've recently started to notice that the UCF fans, uh, especially on this tweet, they were, they were pretty loud uh, in kind of saying that they felt that they belong in a conference like the ACC. So I think you're going to get a chance to see them play early, uh, early September. Yeah, that's right. Um, hopefully if that, if the season happens according to plan, but I think UCF is an interesting team to keep an eye on. Um, going to the next suggestion, Arnold Rothstein said Boston college, which we could all agree, uh, for Penn state. So this is an interesting one. So, uh, so my wife, uh, played soccer at Virginia tech, but she's from like the Lehigh Valley area in Pennsylvania originally. And so we were just, you know, we were talking about this podcast and, she obviously is in the ACC, so I'm like, I'm curious what your opinion is. And she was like, I think Penn State would be a great ad. Like, and, and for me at face value, I'm looking at like the profile of schools. And, and if you're showing me like a blind resume, do they look like an, an ACC school? I'm like the, the guy, the anime guy with the butterfly. I'm like, is this an ACC school? Uh, and so I think the, uh, the, the thing about Penn State is, is at first glance, it doesn't feel like that. But then you kind of dig into it a little more and – you know, the other important part of it, the ACC is you have a lot of these, these schools that have uh, just a, a depth of great programs across, you know, both men's and women's sports, you know, and, and Olympic sports and, you know, non-revenue sports, whatever you want to call it. So Penn State is very much that way. I think they have like a super competitive uh, volleyball program, uh, good wrestling program, good women's soccer program. And, you know, they, they'd get dumped on in basketball like every year. They'd be, they'd be the, you know, the, the, the doormat of the ACC. But I think football, obviously, uh, you know, they'd be. And I, I think that, that it's, it's an interesting pitch for a lot of schools that are conferences where there are other more traditional football powers in them. Not to say that Penn State is not one, but you bring them to the ACC where maybe they can truly dominate. Maybe that breeze life into their program a little bit because they've had, they've had a few down years. And that's, that's a little teaser for the suggestion I'm going to ultimately give you. But I think that's, I think Penn state is an intriguing fit. I kind of like that one. Yeah, I do like Penn state just going quickly off uh, what you mentioned. James Franklin's done a pretty good job, but kind of looking for, like you had mentioned that next step that they can take. And maybe it would be going to a conference like the ACC and you look at their fans, they have one of the most passionate fan bases. Now you could say they're kind of crazy or kind of almost cult-like uh, with their following, but they are passionate. They pack their stadium every week. It would be a fun trip, even even though it's cold. I'm kind of out on football games once it starts getting uh, too cold, like sitting out there. Um, 
but Penn State, when you're surrounded by 100,000 people, it's a good environment to go to a game. And basketball, they, would be, they wouldn't be that Virginia, North Carolina, Duke type of program, but they're a team that's kind of trending in the right direction, I think. Um, I'm pretty sure they were, before this season, obviously got canceled. I think they were a team that was in the field. Um, so Penn State would be an interesting choice, not my choice. But moving to the next top, uh, the next person, Edgar Walker says, Louisville for Navy. Louisville for Navy. That's interesting. Uh, I, I, I think uh, this is the Edgar Walker I know. I, I think I know this. I'm yeah. going to text him because that is an insane suggestion. I've, I've got no <laughs> idea where he's going. I mean, I, I just, I, I, you know, I, I don't know how to, how to, I don't really know how to approach that. I mean, I feel like Navy is no disrespect to Navy, but I just feel like it's a, it's a, like is, is Navy's independent. Are they not? Yeah. Yeah. So I just don't, <laughs> I think, I think if you're a military institution, you kind of want to keep it that way. I don't know. I guess, I guess, okay. If, if I'm trying to play devil's advocate for the suggestion, uh, maybe what I'm saying is you lost Maryland. You don't have a mid-Atlantic presence as much as you used to. So Navy theoretically in Annapolis fills this, but that's about, that's about as far as I can take you on that one. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, the reason why I want to bring this up is because we spent so long getting the triple option out of the ACC with Paul yes. Johnson finally leaving Georgia tech I don't want to bring it back in. Like, I love Navy's coach, um, Ken Niamato-Loto, but right now the ACC is good without the option. Wouldn't you agree? I very much agree. <laughs> let's, let's, please, let's keep it modern in the ACC. We like it this way now. We, we, just, we just got our nice things. Don't take them away. <laughs> so the next suggestion is from Brent Cotton, who says Boston College for Kentucky. Okay, so this is an intriguing one. You know what? I'm just, I'm just I'm gonna segue into my suggested school because it's it's just I can't do it. I can't respond to this prompt without doing so. Uh, so I Kentucky was actually the first place that I went because to go back to what we were just talking about, you look at the profile of Kentucky. You know, at least in those two major programs, say elite basketball school with a great history and you know decent to sometimes good football program that, given the right set of circumstances, and the SEC certainly are not those set of circumstances, could grow, recruit, maybe even be a, a good football program. So that to me looks and feels like an ACC school. But then I thought more about it, and I'm like, do we really want to add? Do we really just want to make this like a, an all-out basketball conference and say we're going to punt on elite football? And so that's what led me to Tennessee. I think Tennessee is the perfect fit. Maybe maybe it's a little bit of the bias of being in Western North Carolina, being a nearby neighbor to Tennessee. But I think Tennessee is such a perfect fit for the ACC because we, you know, in talking about Penn State, like you know, you have a program that used to be you know proud and dominant, and they're trying to kind of rehabilitate it and maybe grow it back into what it what it you know could be. Tennessee, you take them into the ACC where it's theoretically less competitive from a football perspective. They seemingly would be able to have an easier time recruiting against those schools, even if that's at the, at the expense of Carolina, probably also Virginia Tech. But you could kind of get that program back to those kind of borderline losses or, you know, become wins and they, they are a top 10 program again. And then I think they do have a great spread of other sports that would fit well in a, in a competitive environment with every other ACC school, including basketball. Like basketball, you know, not on a Kentucky level, but certainly a respectable program that could contend for you know, whichever division they may be, the ACC, given, you know, the right set of circumstances. So I like Kentucky. I really do. And they'd they be like at the top of my short list, but in, in looking at those SEC schools, particularly the ones that are good at basketball, that's where my nod goes to Tennessee. Yeah. Tennessee is definitely an interesting one. It's one that uh, Jason Spell uh, tweeted. He said, Wake Forest for Tennessee. So 
Uh, Tennessee, just off the top of my head, Tennessee was on my short list because of how fun uh, a trip to Knoxville would be. Like you see, yes. you see the checkered, um, the orange and white in their end zones. It's, it's just like one of those programs that you think of when you think of college football. And even though they're in the down years, they do have uh, a good history with the program with guys like T Martin and Peyton Manning, where the more you were talking about Tennessee, the more I was like, you know what, I can, I can be kind of sold on Tennessee and they've had pretty good basketball success. The, uh, the past couple of seasons where you can justify it, but uh, let's move on to where I was going to say. Now, I'm going – I guess it's because I'm more of a football background, but I was going more football, and I was thinking of, you know, where I would have fun on a game, who brings a good fan base, who has academic prestige, and I'm going the same one as L. Patterson three, Boston College for Georgia. What do you think about George? I mean, yeah. I mean, like, let's make it Alabama while we're at it. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess maybe I was too realistic. I thought, you know, my Tennessee, but I mean, Georgia, absolutely. Are you kidding me? And I think that um, the ball school too, like not, not definitely not like consistent success, but they popped up in the tournament here and there. And yeah, and the football would be, I mean, yeah. Road trips to Athens, be unreal. <laughs> I'm here for it. Have you ever been to Athens? Because I've always heard it's like Chapel Hill, but just in Georgia. I, I've never been. I had a, a, a kind of like a second cousin that went, and I, I'm sick. I never visited. But uh, I tell you what, if you make this this conference swap happen, I'm, I'm with you on the road trip. <laughs> you, you know, I got to ask me twice. But I mean, yeah, I think that that's you know, and, and kind of what you're what you're back on the Tennessee thing a bit with what you were saying about the, the road trips to, to you know to, to Knoxville be incredible. Um, and he, like even without conference alignment, like why not do a little home and home. Yeah. Given the current state of our program and the current state of theirs, that seems to make almost you know too much sense. I guess the only thing you'd say is if you're trying to make if you have a tough schedule, especially with Tennessee and the SEC, you don't want to make it any tougher. But I I, that, I would love this whether or not we can lure Tennessee over. Both those games would be amazing as non-conference games, you know, as, as well. Sticking to the SEC, so we've talked Georgia, we've talked Tennessee, we've talked Kentucky. What about Boston College for South Carolina? That's what Thrifty Heel says. That's that's actually a really good one too. I mean, that's that's another one where um, and and it's funny. Like all these, you know, a lot of these, you know, schools that aren't like uh, I guess you just think of as there's no way you can remove them from the SEC. So like an Alabama or like a Florida or someone like that. So then when you start getting into these to these schools, they're like, yeah, they're 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 definitely ingrained in SEC culture, but maybe not as much as some of the other ones. South Carolina is another one where pretty solid basketball program has had great success in recent years you know a, a football program that you know has had success but also has had some kind of tough luck playing against really tough sec teams you put them in the acc maybe they do a little bit better um you know i loved the uh the 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 opener we played i mean you know i loved it because we won because we launched <laughs> sam howell's amazing career but i mean you know that was that's a fun game like that's you know and it's two fan bases that that kind of like to get after each other a little bit so i i, I that's a, that's another great suggestion yeah i love uh frank martin over there at south carolina basketball and then like you mentioned south carolina football it just feels like north carolina and south carolina should just play every year yes start, start the year off or maybe end the year with that game because if you give South Carolina the option right now of who they play at the end of the year, North Carolina or Clemson, I'm pretty sure a lot of them would be saying, get us North Carolina, please. Yes. But yeah. after what Sam Howell did, it's like, be careful what you wish for. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm, you know, 
I, I, I love Sam Howell so much. Like, I'm probably like <laughs> far too in on Sam Howell at this point. But I think that, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it, we're going to be a problem for a lot of teams. I just, I, I'll be sick if, you know, I mean, under, understanding the circumstances, I don't want to make, make light of, you know, how grave a situation we're in. But I mean, to, to lose, you know, one of theoretically only two years we have left with Sam would, would make me very sad. So I hope some, in some way, shape, or form, we can get that program on the field this fall. <laughs> All right, I just want to take a quick break here so I can remind everyone about Johnny T-Shirt. Locally owned to Chapel Hill, Johnny T-Shirt has you covered for all things Carolina apparel. Father's Day is this Sunday, and unless you could make it there to Chapel Hill by Sunday, you've probably already missed that window to go to Johnny T-Shirt. But don't worry, Johnny T-Shirt will still be open after Father's Day, so you can return what you got your dad or that father in your life and get him something he truly wants, and that's more Carolina gear, whether it's athletic wear, jerseys, football shirts for this upcoming season. Johnny T-Shirt has you covered, and they've got the best customer service where you know you're getting the best price and the best customer service 24-7. And don't forget, Inside Carolina premium subscribers save 10% off their orders. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. What do you think about uh, Gary Strickland tweeted in this trade, Miami for Florida? Um, I mean, doesn't that just kind of feel like, you know, I, you know, you, you, you six and one half dozen the other. I, 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 butcher, I, just, I just butchered that saying. I don't even know what, I don't know what I was going for there, but just to me, they don't, it doesn't seem like there's a, there's a lot of difference there. And, and, and I do think, you know, Obviously, Miami came from the Big East, right? So it's not like Miami's steeped in ACC tradition. But I do feel like Florida is that way in the SEC. And it's really hard to, to say, you know, we're just going to tear all that up. I mean, I, you know, I, I, counterpoint to that is it's what Syracuse did with the Big East. We've seen that with other schools that came over from different places. So it can be done. But I, to me, it just seems like you start to kind of grow some Miami rivalries. I mean, you know, some of the, the, the memories we've had on the football field against Miami, you know, in recent years have been, have been great. So you're starting to kind of build that. Uh, and so swapping it for Florida feels like, you know, I don't know, I guess. If you trade Florida in, I feel like you have to keep Miami. Just like keep, right. keep more Florida rivalries. And then like you mentioned, Miami, there – I get why – like UNC fans might not like Miami. It's because every year they come in, every year the media is telling you this is the year Miami's kind of figure out how to win the Coastal. And then every year come December, they they are kind of the laughing stock among uh, college football. And you spent some time in Miami and you were around a lot of Miami fans. Is there any fan base that the 
the perception versus reality of their team is further off than uh, the Miami fan base? Uh, I mean, there are, there are obviously like several out there uh, <laughs> that we could probably identify. I think, you know, maybe I'm just, I'm gonna, just going to go ahead and get in hot water with everyone. Uh, you know, Texas, obviously, you could probably say that. Yeah. Um, I, I hate back. to – I've just rolled out the, the welcome mat for Tennessee and, and I don't want to, I don't want to damage that relationship now, but maybe you could say that as well. But yeah, my, I mean, Miami's a funny place. It's, it's a, it's a wild place. And it, the year I lived there was, was unlike anything else I've ever experienced, but um, Billy Gill, who is on the Levitard show and who's one of the co-hosts of, of our challenge podcast does this great like people impression that I think kind of made some waves last year. And uh it's just, it's just such a great encapsulation of the Miami fan psyche where – and in some ways I kind of love it because, you know, I'm – I mean, I try not to be obnoxious, but that's the belief I have in Carolina football every single year, no matter how many times they hurt me, how many times they let me down. I'm like, we're going to be amazing this year. I believe in the guys on our team, and so you like that. But I, I do think that there's – you know, you can admit, you can say, okay, we're maybe we're overmanned here. Maybe this game's going to be tough, whereas Miami just thinks that, you know – Michael Urban's still running out to play every single Saturday. It's just not the case. It's just not the case. <laughs> and then Manny Diaz is trotting out the new Miami, and they lose three straight games, Duke, FIU, Louisiana Tech. The new Miami is here, baby. <laughs> I, I, that one's still I, – I, the funny thing about Manny Diaz is, I don't know, I, I, guess, I guess this was part of, like, his whole deal when, when they covered his games, but he was, like, a PA at ESPN. Like, mm. I think Manny and I did the same job at some point, right? <laughs> And so it's just, it's just so – I have such a hard time looking at him and thinking this guy could be an elite college football coach because, it's, you, know, I, you know, just knowing what – like I couldn't be an elite college football coach, so certainly Manny Diaz can't possibly be. So I don't know. It, it, I just – I feel like the way he's gone about that program, building it is a little odd to me at times. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I don't think he's going to be long for that job, unfortunately, for Canes fans. One of the last trade suggestions from fans, it's from Kay Oaken. He says, Wake Forest for West Virginia. What do you think about bringing West Virginia in? West Virginia would be a great one. I know that, like, if you're, you know, if you're an apologist for the state of North Carolina, you kind of have to defend Wake. And so I kind of, you know, kind of feel that a little bit. But West Virginia really opens you up, too. If you're talking about, like, rabid fan bases, I mean – a West Virginia, Virginia Tech game every year would be insanity. I mean, I, and literally, they had to stop playing the game for however many years. We, I went to the, to the first one they had at FedEx Field at, after all these years without the rivalry with my wife, and it was, it was nuts. And uh, so I was thinking, like, wow, this, this, would, this would be a great add to the division. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, that, and then, you know, I'm sure that just having another school in that Virginia area, if you're talking about geographically creating rivalries, you know, and, and then even, you know, further out, you know, if, if you were adding, I guess you can't add West Virginia and Tennessee, but just that whole kind of moving away from the coast a little bit and, and doing some rivalries there, that, that would be a great add for that. But, um, yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's a solid suggestion as well. West Virginia was my initial choice. Um, then I started kind of thinking about it more and, they're the 222nd, uh, 228th school for the best university. So if, if some people have a problem with bringing Louisville, they're going to raise fits for bringing in West Virginia. But they do have everything, like you mentioned, uh, a, a basketball and football program that should be close to top 25. Uh, Coach Huggins is probably one of my favorite college basketball coaches. But, uh, yeah, the academic part, this might be where I kind of draw the line. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
this is it. This is the spot. I was going to say, I love you're so, I love like the integrity that you brought to this list where you're like, I'm committed to staying aligned with the best colleges list. I tell you what, we're going to, we're going to hire a bunch of tutors, Taylor. We're going to hire, we're going to just invest a ton of money. We're going to bring these schools in. We're going to build up their academic departments and it's all going to work out. And, and this, this grand realignment vision we have. Yeah. West Virginia is, is where I unfortunately had to draw the line or that would have been my pick 227th or higher. And you could join the conference for me, but sorry to Real West Virginia. Hate now, to see West Virginia. <laughs> this is one that a lot of people suggested who they were trading out always varied, but a lot of people said to trade out NC state. Now, mm-hmm. is that just Carolina fans just kind of wanting NC state fans out? Because I don't think, that's something that a lot of Carolina fans would realistically do because they enjoy too much the dominance in, in the rivalry. That, that is, and that, that's it. I mean, that's literally it. I think that that's what, that's what kind of fans and rivalries fail to remember sometimes is you don't have the rivalry without the other side. And so I should just full disclosure here. So my mother went to Duke, my grandmother went to Duke. So my perspective of Duke is maybe different from someone who, grew up in a family of all Carolina fans. They grew up hating Duke their entire life. But to me, I look at Duke and I say, of course, I hate them. Of course, I want them to lose. But at the same time, like, I have a begrudging respect in, in a school like that because we were like the yin and the yang. Like, we, we, we can't exist without the other one. And now, I don't feel that about NC State. And I love that they're sort of the, you know, the, the, the stepchild of sorts that we get to kind of pick on. Um, but at the same time, I think, you know, Every rivalry is different in nature. That's what makes them so fun and, and unique and, you know, what, what gets people so interested in them. And I think the, the NC State rivalry is, it's almost like less respectful and more of just like, we just want to bludgeon you every single year and dismantle your program. And I think if you ship NC State off, it's like, it's almost like the, the Maryland thing in some ways where Maryland got so tired of the alleged, you know, Carolina Duke bias and they want, they want to pack their bags and leave. And then you kind of forget like how much you enjoyed that animosity. Yeah. I, I want that. I, I like having State so we can beat up on them all the time yeah I definitely definitely am agreeing with you there it's it's something from when I was a player I wouldn't trade those games against NC State for anything I I know the fan base is going to say and kind of flex their muscles on Twitter saying that they don't want them there or they want to replace them with a school like UNC Greensboro but right now for, for where this rivalry is with Roy Williams basically winning you know, 30 something of the past, like 40 games. It's, it's something that I know UNC fans wouldn't really give up if given the chance. And the last suggestion I want to give you before letting you get out of here is now this one, it's the basketball only route, but would you consider bringing in Villanova and you get the, the Villanova UNC game every year, the Villanova Duke game every year, Villanova Virginia every year, but at the same time you have, no football because they're a division one double a team that's intriguing and it, and it's you know uh i think a lot of this stuff is uh it's kind of interesting to like put yourself in the mind of like the acc commissioner like how you're going to build this thing out what it's what it's going to constitute where you're going to get value out of your tv contracts uh so if you said hey we're good on football we're as good as we're going to get let's really try to bolster even further bolster the basketball side i i love the argument and it's also probably it aligns with the Penn State suggestion in terms of the market you're targeting. Um, but, you know, you said a lot of, the, of, of, of what it is, where it's just, you know, it's a basketball-only move. Um, I, I'd be intrigued to see what that rivalry would feel like, because I think you can have, you can kind of, um, you know, guess or, 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 you know, assume what it would be like if you brought 
like a Georgia or Tennessee or West Virginia and you kind of know the fan base, you know how it'd be. I think it would, I think it would be interesting to see how a rivalry would develop with, with Carolina and a Villanova or, or a Duke because they're, they're, uh, they're different places. Although I guess, you know, theoretically Duke and Villanova are the same places in terms of your fan base. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, so, but yeah, I, that, that's an intriguing one. I kind of, I kind of like that thought. That's, that's a unique angle. The tough part for the UNC uh, side of this is if you bring a team like Villanova in and you're engaging more with their fan bases, they always have the ultimate trump card against you 2016 unless, you know, you play again in the national championship and you're able to beat them. So I think that's one aspect that you have to consider if you're Carolina is do you really want to start interacting with Villanova fans more? I, but it gives you a little more juice, right? Because, because, okay, yeah, you're, you're on lower footing, but I think, you know, rather than just bringing it to school where, where you're like, you know, whatever, I guess, you know, it, it takes some time to build it up. They're coming in and there's already a bullseye on both of our backs going both ways. So I, I, yeah, I like it. I'm intrigued. The more we talk about it, the more I'm warming up. <laughs> but that's all I got for you, Charlie, today. Thanks again for uh, getting on here today. I had fun talking with you. I like this chemistry between us. I think this is something that we might have to try out, uh, more often as, as I get more topics in my head. I love it. I mean, as long as they'll let me continue to use this amazing press box at Western Carolina <laughs> University, I am here for it. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Okay. Now, it is a do-bet. Do averaging 29 and 11. God, shit. what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.